0: Hi and welcome to the study of God's Word from the pulpit of First Baptist Church, Winton, California. Good morning. Good morning. It's uh, precious to be with you. It's been a while. Um, and as I was walking around greeting people a little bit this morning, had to ask several of their names again. And uh, everyone was so gracious. Uh, Chuck and Dub could have slapped me good, but they didn't. And so thank you for allowing me to be here with you this morning. Um, as we get into our time of looking into God's word, if this thing falls off my ear, uh, Mike and Philip worked dedicatedly trying to get it on my ear. Philip suggested putting super glue on it, but I wasn't bold enough to go there, but uh, we'll get through it. And I'm usually loud enough, even if I don't have this thing working all the way and uh, Philip will just turn the volume off. if It falls off to hear me, but let's start please with prayer. Father God, thank you so much as we've had this privilege already of worshiping you and exalting your son in our hearts through song and through prayers. God, as we come to your word, our hearts are readied to receive it. We pray sincerely, Lord, that you will help us to see wonderful things out of your word together. Lord, help us not just look at it, but truly help us to embrace it, hold on to it, let you speak to our hearts and minds and our souls in a long lingering way that our hearts and souls and minds and our actions and attitudes can be shaped more by your Holy Spirit as we look into your word and look at what he can do and what you have ordained him to do in our lives. For Jesus' sake, for soul's sake, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, Pastor Gary called yesterday and uh, asked if I could possibly fill in. And which I'm deeply honored anytime to be able to come. And uh, he said, uh, you've got 40, 45 minutes to speak. I said, well, I'm not as smart as you if I get it done in less than 30. Is that all right? So the people will love you. <laughs> and um, one of my gifts is insecurity. So I'm going to go there because I like to be liked. I'll try But for the first five or ten minutes, I'll just want to lay out a little bit of introductory matters and then about 10-15 minutes in the body of the text and then closing out a few minutes with our time together before prayer. Let me ask you to take your Bibles and go to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, an area of Scripture that I'm sure is familiar to all of us, but to look anew of what God says to us in His Word there. And as far as introductory matters, we're at the beginning of the year And uh, I've been listening over the last few months to an ex-Marine that became a missionary in Japan. Uh, If you haven't discovered this website, there's a a site called DiscipleshipLibrary.com. It actually comes out of our old BSU ministry at Oklahoma University. Over 7,000 cassette tapes were digitalized, and you can listen to all of them by just going to that website and uh, listening to all these various presentations. And for uh, one that's been standing out to me the last few months, this man became a navigator. And uh, in his different seminars, he would challenge people. I want to extend the challenge I heard him several times through presentations I've been listening to him make to you. And that is this. How many of you, without a show of hands, have read through the entire Bible at least once in your lifetime all 66 books it, it just takes they say 15 minutes to do it daily to go through all 66 books when I was at Dallas Seminary Howard Hendricks was a chaplain for the Dallas Cowboys he asked us in class you know someday when you get to heaven Habakkuk's gonna walk up to you and ask you how would you like my book <laughs> And he said, most of us are going to say, Habakkuk, who? And Habakkuk and all other 65 books have a special message from God, from his heart to your heart, to your need, to your circumstances, to our life calling. So I'm going to challenge you in this year, if you have it, and if you already have, seven days without bread makes one week. I can't go a day without the Word of God without going south fast. And we need to hear a word from God daily. I appreciate what Dave was challenging us with. Uh, Billy Graham said he always read through the Psalms every month and the Proverbs every month. He said the Psalms taught him how to walk with God and the Proverbs taught him how to walk or get along with people. Psychologists tell us if you can't get along with people, you're going to have a hard time getting along, period. Period. And so we need to be in the Word of God regularly with our lives. Uh, Jesus said, you are clean through the Word which I've spoken to you. We're always picking up stuff from the world, from our own flesh, from Satan. And we need to be cleansed all the time. And the only thing that can do that for us is the Word of God. In his last prayer, John 17, Jesus says, in verse 17, "Father, sanctify them through thy truth. thy word is truth. Sanctify is to be made holy." Uh, we uh, test this out in seminary uh, with students. I still get to work some with students at Liberty Seminary. What is the chief characteristic of God in Scripture? Now most students, and most of us as Christians, default and go immediately to love, John 3:16. But what are they crying out 24-7 in Revelations 4 and 5? The 24 elders encircling the throne of God and and all the angels. Holy, holy, holy. And God's Word teaches us that holiness is happiness. The more you and I get holy, are made more like Him, the happier we are. Leviticus 20, 21 and 22, God says several times, I make you holy. It coincides with what Jesus prayed in John 17, 17. The word of God sanctifies us, sets us up, sets us apart, sets us in a position where God can speak to us, can guide us, can lead us. I've told my son from my memorial service, whatever that is, would you include the old song, He leadeth me. Oh, blessed thought. One of my favorite movies is Chariots of Fire. If you haven't watched that, it's a great movie. It won the movie of the year, 1972, I think it was, when it was released, about Eric Little, the missionary son, who won the Olympic gold in 1924 in Paris, France. But all throughout the movie, there's always this theme song playing when he's running. And it's always about this truism that Eric knows in his life, God gave him that speed. And it was to honor God. And he says, when I run, I feel his presence. If God be with you, what can be against you? So, the Word of God, to to get into the Word of God daily, just learning to park it. Uh, With the students at Liberty, we always do introductions the first week to kind of get to know each other, create some connections in an online environment world. So we've got students in Africa. I mean, they're all around the world. It's amazing through online what it makes possible for people to be trained uh, for God's work. It's amazing how many students are stepping up that aren't in full-time ministry, but they're wanting to be more knowledgeable of God. And how to serve and follow Jesus Christ better with their lives. And I share with the students, I try to spend, please, this is not attention to me, listen to the end of it. I try to spend two to three hours every day starting off the day with God. One of my students wrote back this week, said, you know, basically was saying, that's kind of strange, why do you do that? I said, I am so sinful. I know I'm so sinful unless I park it with God. I ain't getting anywhere that day. So being with God. Why should God listen to us if we don't listen to Him? I need to listen to Him first in His Word. And then I'll be in a better position for Him to listen to me when I praise Him, call out to Him, request of Him, intercede for family members, friends, lost ones around me. And then the second thing I wanted to just say is that all of us here this morning... And uh, Nancy, you asked me this question. When we first came together back in 2007, starting the work in the association, you know, she, Nancy challenged me, what was the one thing, if you could do anything in this association? I said, if it would be any one thing, it would be to change our theology, <laughs> to get us more aware of the, the, to say it, the doctrine of the laity in Scripture. That, that every one of us are called just as much as anyone else in this church building, in the kingdom of God. And I'll illustrate that two ways. I'm hoping to release finally a book on Spurge. I've been working on it for 30 years. But in his church was this lady named Lavinia strickland Bartlett. Uh, she was asked once to fill in. Uh, some of their Sunday school teachers would take sabbaticals in the summer there in that church in London in the 19th century. So she was asked to fill in for one month for a high school girls' Sunday school class that only had three girls in it. Make a short story of this. She wound up staying with the class and eventually that class numbered between 700 and 1,000 young women learning the Word of God, many of them becoming wonderful leaders for Christ. Christ. In that church and in other churches they were called to. Last Tuesday night of last week, um, Carol and I had the privilege of sitting down with a man that some of you have known this church has sent over the years, ones from this church to Guatemala. There was a man that started the work there named uh, Ted Linwall and his wife Sue... Uh, Sue? Um, We're there for 40 years with our Foreign Mission Board. Uh, If I can ask for prayer, Ted's asking Carol and me to kind of lead up the work from this, from stateside. He's turned 91 years old. 91 years old. That may be a few years ahead of some of us here. Uh, I'm getting in the 70-year range club next year. And some of you, a few of you are ahead of me maybe. Ninety-one years old, he's still driving to jails and prisons sharing the gospel, leading Bible studies. And as Carol and I had the privilege of sitting down with him in a pizza parlor in McKinney, Texas, tears coming down his face talking about lives being changed by the gospel. That's the way each one of us want to go out. Being in love with Jesus. Amen. Being in love with souls. I love you. And that's our great high calling. And that calling is on every one of us. Amen. Don't ever think only preachers should read through all 66 books. Only preachers should be telling the gospel. The gospel moved the first 30 years of the church through lay people. Not through the professionals, not through the apostles, although they were in the game too. But study Acts 8, Acts 11, Acts 13, Acts 19. How did the gospel spread? Through average Christians. So let's go to the scriptures and see how we can grow more better at following our Savior and being in a more Usable position for him to guide our lives. Galatians chapter 5, Paul is writing to the churches there in Galatia. Starts off by saying, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Now as we're going to, well let me just read it real quickly. Verse, I think it's 4. You have been You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. Now, he's not saying you've lost your salvation. What was going on here? They were having some guys come in telling them, now guys, listen, this Christ gospel thing is good, but you still got to hold on to those Old Testament teachings and carry out the rituals and guidelines and decrees of the Old Testament ways that we've always been hearing about in our synagogues and our life past stories about being followers and faithful people to God. Paul's trying to bring them back to understand Christ. Christ alone is where I stand. It's where you stand. Where you and I will ever be able to stand because of what He has done for us. And he's saying, stand there in that freedom. Um, Jeremiah 17 9 is true of you and me until the day we die. My heart is desperately wicked and deceitful above all things. And a moment's notice, what we're going to read about in a moment, can ensnare any of us, me first. I'll never commit that sin. Brother, sister, fear God and wise up. Your heart is susceptible to any sin at any moment. You can go south. Uh, That Howard Hendricks I mentioned earlier, he challenged us in different ways to study the Word of God. I love doing biographical studies in the Old Testament, especially in Samuel, Kings, and Chronicles. Study those kings Man, they saw God do things you would never dream of trusting God for. They asked Him to deliver them, and He delivered them. They saw it with their own eyes. And at the end of their lives, they tanked and went south. Evidence proof to all of us. You've got to maintain your first love. You read those seven warnings, those seven messages of our Savior to the seven churches in Revelations 2 and 3, and He says such things as, stay clothed, stay awake, hold on! Yes, our Savior will never let go of us, but am I holding on tight to Him? Uh, the, the prophet Azariah came to King Asa. It's in 2 Chronicles fifteen two. It was right after a great defeat of the Kushites, the southern Egyptians. Two to one battle, God delivers them. And he says to the king, King, listen, God is with you when you are with him. That's good theology. Sounds just like 15, John 15. Abide in me and I will abide in you. You stay tight with me. Amen. We'll have a, a tight life together. Thought about speaking about when Gary called me. Uh, I am not much time to prepare, so maybe Hebrews 12. That's a great passage. I love it. Keeping our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. The psalmist writes 16.8, I keep my eyes on the Lord. With him at my side, I will never be shaken. Verse 7 of Galatians 5. You're running a good race who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth. These are Christians. These are Christ followers. These are people who have a relationship with Jesus and he's saying these things to. Verse 13. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Isn't that just always the automatic things we always go to? We humbly serve one another in love? Sometimes we can arowal each other the most as fellow brothers and sisters in the same church family. That's why he says... For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out. You'll be destroyed by each other. Sounds like that's been a little problem in the churches for a long time. I was once in a meeting with Southern Baptist professors, and um, one of them gave a devotional to us, and he brought it out of John 13, where Jesus washes the disciples' feet. He makes the point that, you know, nobody else stood up that day or that evening to wash the feet. There was no appointed servant in that circumstance for that last supper to wash everyone's feet. Jesus is the one that stands up, gets his towel, gets the wash basin, goes around and washes everybody's feet. He ended the devotional by saying to us and challenging us, where's your towel? Are you always wearing your towel ready to wash your brothers and sisters' feet? I find myself so ready to point out, they're, they're, you got that problem, man. You need to fix that. Verse 16, so I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Walk by the Spirit. He wouldn't say that to them if they didn't have the possibility, the real potential of not walking by the Spirit. Again, our flesh is very strong. And as John writes, we've got the flesh, we've got the world, we've got Satan all dogging us every day. How are you going to handle that? How are you going to handle that if you don't get into the Word, if you don't get on your knees in prayer in your heart before God? If you don't stay, if I don't stay, recognizing I am totally dependent upon God's amazing grace, and I need it 24-7. This Christianity stuff, and what we were saying on the front about every one of us being called, we've messed it up a lot of times by so communicating the gospel that it's a prayer, that's all you got to pray, and then you're in, you're fixed, you're good. You're not good unless you stay there in that posture. As you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. Paul writes to the Colossians Stay in that focus, gratitude, dependency, love. the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh they are in conflict with each other so that you are not able to do whatever you want but if you are led by the spirit you are not under the law the acts of the flesh are obvious sexual immorality impurity debauchery idolatry witchcraft hatred discord jealousy fits of rage selfish ambition dissensions factions and envy drunkenness orgies and the like as I said earlier I can go there at any moment I think I can pray sincerely what Dr. Jerry Falwell Sr. prayed and thank you for praying for that university and what's happened in the last two years but he and we discussed some of the administration after what happened to his son but Dr. Jerry would tell us I've asked God to kill me before I would ever shame him in committing adultery or anything else immoral but that's possible for any of us but praise God it's also possible what we read next to have this experience daily but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace patience, kindness goodness, faithfulness, gentleness self-control anybody need any of those things? (laughs) I need them I want them And as he closes out, verse 23, there is no law against that. Even Hitler couldn't argue against that. God, through His amazing grace, really wants us, really wants to make us like His Son. Each of us have our unique personalities, our wirings, and with that, all those strengths come accompanying weaknesses. We've got blind sides, hence the need to stay deep in, stay focused, stay honest. We all need wisdom, Amen. amen. Uh, here's a definition that's will help. Wisdom is the proper understanding and response to self-awareness, others' awareness and spirit of God awareness. And only God can teach us that. I, I just saw it in Job this morning, Job twenty-eight, twenty-eight, Psalm one, eleven, ten, Proverbs one, seven, and nine, ten. All say, the beginning of wisdom is to fear God. It's to reverence God. I, I'm trying to teach my grandsons, uh, Micah six, eight. Three things God requires of all of us: love, mercy, do justly, and walk humbly with your God. There's only one personality we're to be impressed with in this world. And uh, John the Baptist taught us how to understand that he must increase and I must decrease. Just reverencing him, magnifying him, exalting him, worshiping him, following him, listening to him. And that song is beautiful. He leadeth me. Because I can lead Rod Earls to a lot of pitfalls, but my Savior wants to lead me and He can through His amazing grace. So, Paul closes. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. It hit me a couple of years ago. That verse says, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Every step I take. He's that real. He's that in love with us, Brother Ray. He is that precious to us. We never have to doubt He loves us because we can look to the cross. Uh, We have two girls and a boy in the middle. I don't think I could give up any one of them. Could you, yours? God gave up. Not just any son. He gave up a perfect son. Amen. You and I never have to sweat it. I put today, God doesn't love me. He doesn't care for me as much as because I didn't perform like I should have had as one of his kids. No. Amazing grace is that he chose me. That's why I can choose him. Amen. Or as Spurgeon said, if he had never chosen me, I would have never chosen him. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So it's important to uh, look at then verse 24 because that sets us up for walking each step in the Spirit. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So not only, and I ask this question, if you haven't, giving yourself to Jesus Christ initially is trusting and taking him as savior and lord that's your invitation that's your greatest possibility that's your greatest need this morning to act on that invitation to as many as received him to them he gave the right to become children of god but also today do you and i belong to him Have I acknowledged that anew, afresh? When does he tell us to take up our crosses? Uh, That for Spurgeon was the theology of the Metropolitan Tabernacle and the pastor's college. Our theology is Jesus Christ and him crucified. Living at the cross is the greatest zone to live in as a Christian. That's where I'm learning. He leadeth me, oh, blessed thought. On that cross, he modeled for us what he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. Father, not my will, my wants, what your will is for me today, what your wants are for me and my family, my church family, my community. Oh, God, help us to learn what the prophet challenged Asa to understand King Asa. God is with you when you are with him. Uh, as we close this morning, could I ask what deacons are present here this morning to stand? Our deacons that are present? Thank you. All right? All right, thank you. And all staff members, Dave, who else? And just in just a moment, we're going to pray. Let me invite you, after we've sung our final concluding song together, if you just need a little extra prayer, every one of these are more than willing and glad to share that privilege of getting before God with you. If you're not sure that you started that journey of belonging to Jesus with all your heart, they can help you know and settle that, knowing Jesus is Savior and Lord. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you. Lord, thank you for being all that we sang about this morning. You're an amazing God, a wonderful Father. You have given us such a great Savior. He is the greatest coach we can have in life. So we are grateful, Lord, that you never leave us alone. You have gifted us your Holy Spirit to live in us as your children, to help us follow Jesus with our lives. Help us, Lord, to learn how to stay in step better with Him, step by step, moment by moment. Oh, God, train us in those practices daily in life how to be filled with the Holy Spirit, controlled by Him lining up our minds with your word truing our hearts father to your heart and giving us a passion for souls starting in our own families and our communities that needs your amazing grace as much as we so god thank you for such a high calling thank you for such a great salvation Help us to give it the attention it deserves and we desperately need. Help us to be focused people. Help us to be growing in your wisdom and in your calling on each one of us. We pray this in Jesus' name, for Jesus' sake and for soul's sake. Amen. Brother Dave, would you come and close us, please? Mike. Mike, would you put up, He leadeth me, please, verse 1 in chorus? Thank you. And as we go into the new week ahead of us, may we take this song with us and its truth. He leadeth me by his hand. thought, oh words with heavenly comfort fraught. What I do, where I be, still God's hand he leadeth me, he May that be our heart's desire this morning. Pastor Rod, would you just stand here, let people come by and say hello to you as we leave this morning. Lord, again, thank you for the day. Thank you for your word. Thank you for life in Christ by your hand. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for being with us this very day. Thank you so much. The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you've never trusted in Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, we invite you to call on him now and through a simple prayer of faith, give your life to him. If you're not attending a church that honors the Bible as the word of God, we encourage you to locate and begin attending such a church in the area where you live. The message you have just heard was preached from the pulpit of First Baptist Church, Winton, California. For more information on the ministry of First Baptist Church, Winton, please visit our website at wintonchurch.org. O-R-G